Thanks for checking out the Brad and John Show podcast. This segment of the show is brought to you by John Combest's book, Stalking, Harassment, Internet Trolling, A Guide to Recovering and Rebuilding After Online Attacks. It's a great reference if you've ever been the unfortunate target of a social media attack. It's available on Amazon. Just search John Combest. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John Combest, and the book will show up in your search results. Now it's time for another segment of the Brad and John Show. Can you handle it? I'm Egbert, the owner of this station. Check out my website at Egbert.com. That's E-G-G-B-U-R-T, Egbert.com. Now it's back to Brad and John. Check out their website at BJShow.co. The BJ Show? Come on, guys. Anyway, here's B and J. It is us. It is Brad and John, BJShow.co, just like Egbert said, and we are on his radio station. John, good morning to you. Good morning to you. As Shelly Barr would say, it's Friday. Yes, that's what she would say. Uh, <laughs> John, every single day for the past 22-plus years, puts together a site on the Internet, BJ Show. No, it's, it's John Combest, uh, show.com. C-O-M-B-E-S-T. The second best website yes. in Missouri is BJShow.co. It's a distant second, John, but it is the second best website. JohnCombest.com, every single day he puts it together. He gives us, when we start up the show, the top three events are the top three stories that he has deemed to be on his site that morning. And here he is with the top three stories in the state of Missouri. Number three is a rare bipartisan story of coming together for a united cause, Brad. And two representatives, two House members from Independence, Missouri— on the western side of the state, have come together to propose to make it a little bit harder for school districts to move to a four-day school week. The independent school district moved to a four-day school week, and according to consensus, it hasn't been very popular with parents. So a Republican named Aaron McMullen and a Democrat named Robert Sauls have both proposed legislation to make it harder to move to a four-day school week. More specifically, Aaron McMullen's legislation would require cities that have more than 30,000 people to vote on the four-day school week before a district could move to that. He would also, under, under McMullen's legislation, he would also grandfather the independent school district in. So the independent school district wouldn't have to move right back to a five-day school week. The Democrats' proposal would require the independent school district to move back to a five-day school week. John, what do you think about this? You know, Brad, surprisingly, this is one of those issues that I don't have a strong feeling about. I, I completely recognize and acknowledge how hard it would be for the overwhelming majority of parents to move to a four-day school week and figure out how the heck do I pay for, for, to watch my kids during, during that, that day off. Well, now I have I have a guess of how you feel about it, Brad. I say go six day school week. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> well, you got a little bit of chai com in you, Brad. Well, you no. have a little bit of Chinese you, you work ethic in you, don't you? See, here's the problem. The problem, in my viewpoint, is we keep making things easier for people. Okay, right. And remember, remember the 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 campaign. What was it? Home or was it the Office Depot or Office Max? The easy button. Hey, yeah, exactly. Everybody wants the easy button. At one point in time, somebody gave me the easy button. But um, I just I have a real problem with this. And you know, I don't care what the teachers say. You know, to me, it's like it, it's 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 a scam so that the teachers have three day weekends. And you know, and and then here's the crazy thing about it. 
think about if they don't, if they go Monday through Thursday, they get Friday off, and then we got all the Monday holidays. That means they'll have four oh, yeah. four day weekends for for uh, MLK Day, four day weekends for don't forget Truman Day for Truman. Uh, just like. Uh. I, now, the other thing is – so first of all, I'm sorry to interrupt, but but this is important and it's timely. I had a conversation last night with someone who's quite socially intelligent. I would put her in the top 1% of socially intelligent people. And I was coming from an event at which people were dressed as if they had just rolled out of bed. And it was an evening event. And it was at a location where you would expect that people, I don't know, might brush their hair or put on a nice pair of pants. And her theory – was that, and I was like, huh, you know, I made an offhand comment about it, which is, which is in character. And she said, you know, the whole COVID work from home thing just encouraged women. And she was talking about women specifically to just put on a pair of comfortable pants and go wherever they're going to go. Well, but see, once again, the whole COVID thing has changed everybody into lazy butts, you know, and, and, and remember, remember what Woody Allen, we talked about this, just this. Oh week. Yeah. Woody Allen is famous. I don't know if he's the only guy that said it, but he said life. But he was quoting somebody who quoted it. Maybe so. Life is 90% showing up. Okay. I have given example after example after example after example in my career where if you try to get something done on the phone or something like that. Matter of fact, <laughs> I had a situation this week with a federal agency, which has still, ah, oh God, still made me very mad because of the fact that I was treated very poorly. And I let them know that I didn't appreciate free very poorly. And I essentially was told that, well, we're the government and you're not, you know, yeah. in, so, in so many yeah. words. Okay. But the point being is, is that we've gotten so incredibly lazy. Like when you say people, you know, it's to the point where like, I remember my ex boss, Karen Carroll, and uh, she started out her career uh, not in the radio business, but she started out, she was a, and I've never heard of this before. She told me this. I don't remember this because it didn't fly back in the day. She was a ground stewardess or something like that, that effect. I go, what is that? And she said back in the day, she worked out at Lambert at, for TWA, and she would essentially work the, the area, the waiting area for people getting on the plane, and she would offer, you know, you know soda and things like that to the yeah. people waiting to get the plane. Okay? Now... It's to the point where when and and remember, it's sort of like if you go back and look at old pictures of the Cardinals baseball games or any baseball games back in the 40s and the 50s and even the early 60s, the men are in suits. The men, and hats. The men are in men's suits and hats, and the women are in dresses, you know? Yeah. And now it's to the point where you fly, and it's like to the point where – are those your pajamas you just got out of bed with this morning? You know They're what I mean? literally pajama pants. Yes. And, and going back to what, what you said too, Brad, and, and we'll get to the, the, the next two stories here in a minute, but I think this is important. If my heart truly goes out or that area where my heart used to be goes out to people that are in an HR, human resources capacity trying to fill jobs at a corporation, because if you tell somebody today, if you tell most of the folks I know in the corporate world, hey – we need you to come into the office three days a week. The, the majority of, of high-performing communications people I know would say, absolutely not. I'm going to pass on that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to get in my car and sit in an office three days a week, period. And those are folks, Brad, by the way, that are working at major corporations now who are top performers. And but if, the idea of not being able to do their laundry or take a nap during the day eliminates that company from consideration. 
And if that were my company, I'd say, you know what? It's been nice having you work here. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm, I'm, so, that's, so that's the legislation but to watch. Like, and it's unique because it is bipartisan. Now, you know, the funny thing is, Brad, good luck to and, – and I think Aaron is a wonderful legislator. And one of the questions I would have for Aaron is, hey, if we tried to do that here, do you know how many municipalities in St. Louis are under 30,000? Like you would have to go – you'd have to set that threshold way lower considering that we have 17 – trillion municipalities in St. in the St. Louis County area. I think the current number is 89 in, I be- in, yeah. in St. Louis yeah. County, you know, but uh, that's a whole other escape. So, and so, so that's the number three story. The number two story today has to do with one of your favorite topics, Brad, which is renewable energy. Oh. Folks might've heard the down in the boot heel. This was a big deal yesterday in the Southeast part of the state that uh, aluminum smelter it was formerly the Naranda site. A lot of folks probably remember the name Naranda. Closed in around 2018, I think, around around ballpark time. And the, the company that's there now is called Magnitude 7 Metals. And they announced that they're closing their doors this weekend. Most employees, they said, won't be needed after Sunday. And they're going to they're gonna kill about 400 jobs at this aluminum smelter. Now, there is a legislative fix, and it was proposed by House Super Minority Leader Crystal Quaid, who, as we know, is running for governor. She'll take a loss this year, and then she'll probably run for state senate two years after that. But she has a plan, and the idea is that the state should essentially save these jobs, encourage an out-of-state company to come in and acquire this facility and and take over these jobs. And also – and here's the catch – this plant needs to be moved away from coal-fed power and into renewable power. Like that's going to happen. Do you have Do you have any idea how much a aluminum a smelting plant uses in electricity? You have any? A whole lot. Yes, a, a whole, whole lot. bunch. We're not talking like twenty solar panels out in the parking lot. We're talking. I see. God, don't get me going on this. I I wanted this is, to get you going on it, Brad. This, I but, will point out for folks who are reading this to, to, to take a look. And I should mention the four-day school week story came from KCUR. Steve Kraske had both of those guys on. And this the best piece, there's a few different pieces written about the smelter. And I'd say the best piece is written by Bryce Gray, who's a really good environmental reporter. And no, that's not an oxymoron. He's a really good environmental reporter at the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. And, you know, but, but what I think, Brad, is, it, you know, the best part of this whole story is that, of course, you have folks from the renewable in- industry that are there. James Owen is quoted. He's with Renew Missouri, who says, you know, this is a terrible thing. And this underscores the point that fossil fuels, we cannot rely on fossil fuels anymore. So okay. if I was in Ex- the renewable industry, go ahead, Brad. Explain that to me. I mean, what, what do you mean we can't run up reliant? Is are they closing because they can't afford the electricity, or what's the deal? Well, yeah, the, the I mean, the electricity is quite expensive. And at one point, so this, as I understand that this facility used to get all their energy from Ameren, at least when they were when they were Naranda, and now they get it from an outfit out of uh, Springfield. AECI, I think is the, I don't have it in front of me right now, but they get it out of a cooperative based in Springfield. But the idea is that electricity is expensive now. And what we could do is if the state gives a little bit of help and supplements probably with some renewable incentives, I'm guessing, we could, you know, we could plug it into, it's like the elementary school thing. Maybe we could plug it into a potato 
a few electrodes into a potato, see if we get some energy. Brad, maybe you could take some of the solar panels that you've invested in and put them on top of the of the building in Marston and see what we can do. You know what what a lot of people don't well, I don't even, you know, I, I've got solar experience, not a tremendous, but I've had solar in, in a couple of my places far, I don't know, not, not a home or anything like that, but, but here at the radio station. Um, and it's not what everybody thinks it is. I mean, it, and, and I would just say that right up front. It's not what everybody thinks it is. Everybody thinks that you can throw up a couple solar panels and, you know, where you go. And <laughs> As long as your building is facing the exact well, but, correct but see, <laughs> direction. There are so many aspects like that that people don't realize. It's, and you know what nobody's reporting, Brad, is that if the demand curve for aluminum wasn't so high from your soda consumption, we wouldn't even have to have an aluminum smelter. Well, I see. I feel sorry for those people that lost their jobs. For sure. Um, and, Absolutely. And, and, you know, once again, it's to the point where the working man, and I mean that, you know, in the respect of working men and women, you don't like what's going on across the river. I mean, nobody knows what's going on with the Granite City Steel deal because of Nippon Steel buying, you mm-hmm. know, the Japanese firm coming in. Every I just read something the other day that everybody's still like, oh, you don't really know what's going on. And, and that's so sad because of the fact that you go back in history. I mean, Granite City Steel used to be a powerhouse in the steel industry, you know, and but yeah. not, not anymore. Okay, what's number one? The number one story today, and it's an appropriate cap to a week long of talking about Brad's friend Bill Eigel. Yesterday, Senate Majority Leader Cindy O'Laughlin spoke to a group from the Missouri Press Association, and she mentioned that if she had her druthers, she would expel Bill Eigel. She would call for a vote to get Bill Eigel expelled from the Missouri Senate. And who, what is she again? She's the, so she's the number two leader in the Senate. The leader of the Senate is Caleb Rowden. Right. And the floor leader, the, uh, the, the majority leader is Cindy O'Laughlin. So essentially she's the day-to-day uh, she she runs things day-to-day. Caleb, Caleb Rowden is, is technically the leader of the Senate. But you see what I'm saying? Well, you know, there are a couple different things that come to mind. And, you know, once again, Bill Eigel is not, he does not like me whatsoever. And, you know, you know, one of these days, I've had people, I've, I've told the crazy story of how Bill Eigel has become like sort of my, not my friend, sort of like my enemy. And I don't necessarily like having enemies. It always bothers me when somebody, oh, I hate that guy, you know, that kind of stuff. I need to have Cindy... Chris Finale on here to tell the story because nobody believes the story. I've had people tell me before, I heard you tell that story about you getting kicked out of the Bill Eigel fundraiser. I don't believe that story. And I go like, it's true story. You know, just like, it's sort of like the story I told one day in the air. It's funny because that story was on earlier this morning on right here on Egbert. Uh, me telling the story of taking my son to the WCW wrestling match at a high school. <laughs> yeah. And you said, I don't believe that. Remember you said. I didn't believe it at all. <laughs> and when you, and I had to fact check it. And when you researched it i was i i quite honestly after you researched it i was like impressed as how accurate my memory was of the whole situation spot on because and, and I, not to interrupt brad but you know the only way we might be able to corroborate this is if we get it's a shame that the that all police and law enforcement didn't have body cam then or we could have a body we could have you on body cam being unceremoniously escorted from well, told no, to get the heck out of the I fundraiser. Didn't, I, now, let me mention real quick, too, about this, about the Eigel story real quick. So as I understand it, Cindy O'Laughlin was at, or as is reported, Cindy O'Laughlin made this comment. Rudy Keller, who's who was a former reporter, is now a content creator at the liberal blog called the Missouri Independent, tweeted it. 
someone showed the tweet to Eigel or Eigel saw it, and he went on the floor of the, of the Missouri Senate and had what, of course, the Post-Dispatch labels a tirade. Now, I don't know when the last time the St. Louis Post-Dispatch called a Democrat speech a tirade, but of course when a Republican gets emotional, it's going to be a tirade. And the best thing about this story, I think, is that if you're a Bill Eigel or you're a Bill Eigel supporter, the best thing that could happen to you is to actually get expelled from the Missouri Senate. You would, Bill Eigel would have four more months to not have to drive to Jeff City and make quorum calls. Not, he already doesn't have to sit on these committees. He would have four additional months to go around the state and say, I stood up for what I believed in, and those Jefferson City swamp rhinos kicked me out. And that's why I'm here in West Plains and Jasper County and Adair County to talk to you all about what we need in the Republican Party. Okay, let's let's take Bill Eigel on a smaller scale. Okay, here's what we need. We need someone to come forward and say that that he sexually harassed them. Then we need someone mm. to come forward to say that he was at January 6th and he was <laughs> and he was yes. he was you know, he was rooting on the, the, the protesters who ransacked the Capitol building. And he even raised a fist. Right. He was just like, he raised his fist in the air. Can you believe it? Right. Then we need we need Alvin Bragg from New York to come. Or isn't it Alvin Bragg from New York? Uh, isn't that the dude? Or is the, Whoever the guy's La- name is. Oh, Letitia James uh, to come forward and say that that uh, uh, they're going to shut down Bill Eigel's businesses in New York City. And then we need uh, Fani or Fanny. Which is, I hear it both ways. It's Ma- still, I, it's still Fanny to me, Brad. Yeah, it is to me too. But I hear it both ways. It's like, okay, if you, sp- if you, sp- <laughs> if, it's like, I, once maybe again, it's Fanny. I don't. Who, yeah, it could yeah. be Fanny. So but we, yeah, Bill Eichel needs a Fanny too, right? We need- this is, I mean, here's the thing: it, it, you could not have a better scenario if you're Bill Eichel than to actually get kicked out of the Missouri. Senate. I don't, and see, once again. You know, like I said, he's no friend of mine, and you know, which is sort of sad. I mean, I have no ill feelings against the guy. Yeah. But what's that saying? You got to break a few eggs to make an omelet. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, absolutely. And, you got to break and, some eggs to make an omelet. And, and by the way, when you're making this week, if you're if you're on the other side of Bill Eigel, if you ever make Bill Eigel out to be a sympathetic figure, like you've 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 really taken some steps, you know. Well, you know. When I've seen him out in public, you know, I've been in a couple of events he's been at. He's always been very cordial with everybody. He's not like he's, he's you know, right. pun- yeah. punching people and tripping old ladies and stuff like that. You know what I mean? It's to the point where it's like, you know, and, and once again, my relationship with Bill Eichel goes back, I don't know, I have to go back and look at our records. To St. Louis Skylights. Yes, maybe 15 years ago. He was a client of ours. Yeah. Because because he's coming up on on year number eight. This is this year eight of him being a senator. Yeah, it's the end of his second term. Right, Correct. and yeah. I want to say we dealt with him with with St. Louis Skylights probably a good five, six, seven years before he became a senator. So that would be like fifteen years, right? Yeah. So you know the thing is, one of my least favorite things is when political writers or people who think they're per- political writers will just end the story by say, "We'll see, we'll see." But as we go into this weekend and you look at what happened. We will see next week what happens because if you're the Freedom Caucus right now and the other side is punched back this week, do you lay down and say, you know what, we'll use this time to go out and campaign or do you continue putting up a fight on the floor of the Missouri well, Senate? I don't know if you know this or not. This, if, you, if you knew this, if you knew this fact, it would be the number one story. But, you know, not only did Bill Eigel lose his parking place in, in the, the, uh, the, the Capitol building there. His, do you know where his new parking place is? 
I heard, I read yesterday at BJShow.co, it's in Holt Summit. Yes, they moved his parking place to Holt Summit. And he was actually thumbing it, from what I heard. Yes, he has because to. Because his, his Uber app was down. Right, he has so to he hitch, had to thumb it. He had to hitchhike in from Holt Summit. Okay, we're going to take a break. Thanks for checking out the Brad and John Show podcast. This segment of the show is brought to you by John Comp's book, Stalking, Harassment, Internet Trolling, A Guide to Recovering and Rebuilding After Online Attacks. It's a great reference if you've ever been the unfortunate target of a social media attack. It's available on Amazon. Just search John Combest. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John Combest, and the book will show up in your search results. Now it's time for another segment of the Brad and John Show. Can you handle it? 